You're listening to the Be a Better Lawyer podcast with Dina Cataldo, episode 130. So how do high-achieving lawyers break through generations of being taught that we have to grind ourselves into the ground to get results for clients, build a successful business, and create a life we love? While law schools are busy teaching the rule of law, they're slacking on teaching us how to be a better human to create for ourselves the success we thought we'd achieve after law school. This podcast bridges the gap between law school and life. Hello there. How are you doing today? I hope you are having a wonderful week wherever you are. I know that I am freezing my behind off here in Northern California, and I know that that is relatively speaking because I'm not in snow, but I am wearing my beanies and my gloves, and I'm probably one of the freakishly cold people here in California that just needs sunshine to thrive, but... I also love the winter because it's something different. So wherever you are, I hope you are enjoying some nice toasty weather or at least some nice hot cups of cocoa by the fireplace, something really nice. So on Saturday, I had a small group of lawyers in a calendar management workshop and I had invited members of my email list to it and limited how many lawyers could attend so we could all talk to each other. It was a really great way for all of us to connect and get to meet some other people in different practice areas and learn strategies to really start changing how we think about our calendars and how we are managing our time. I'm gonna do some more of these in the future. I'm gonna do some on procrastination and and thinking of some other topics in that time management area. So if you wanna take part in any of them, if you wanna get an invitation to the party, be sure that you are subscribed to my email list. You can get on my list by downloading anything on my website to opt in, or you can go to dinacataldo.com forward slash 130, where I will link up to my free guide on how to get five hours back each week. Now, this is perfect if you're trying to grow your legal practice and you want to find more time to work on the business side of things. I know that is where several of the lawyers I talked to on Saturday struggled, and this is a great starting point for you. And we're going to talk about some some of what we talked about on Saturday in this episode. I actually want to focus on one topic that showed up that I see show up a lot when I talk to lawyers that are managing a team. It's finding time to work on business development. And really this comes up whether or not you are you know, trying to build a team, trying to train a team. It shows up if you just have a practice. But some lawyers are better able to do this than others. So I'm gonna lump this finding time to work on business development in with other law firm development topics that show up when I talk to clients, including finding time to train your associates, finding time to create systems, finding time to train employees. I'm calling all of these topics part of conscious law firm design, and they're all those elements that end up on the back burner whenever you are building a practice. Now I'm gonna give you some tough love here, but I'm also gonna give you some mindset tools at the end to begin this process of consciously thinking about your law firm and considering how you can begin implement, excuse me, implementing some of the most important things that you need to start prioritizing in order to grow your firm. 
So this is just a taste of how I help my coaching clients get out of the rut of complaining they don't have enough time to make the time that they need to consciously design their law firm and think about it in a more fruitful way. Okay, so here's the tough love. If you are saying to yourself that you just can't seem to find the time to work on conscious law firm design, then you are playing the victim. Time doesn't just show up on our doorstep and say, hi, I heard you needed more time, here I am. We've gotta actually take matters into our own hands and decide that we're tired of running a business by the seat of our pants and run it like a professional instead. If you wanna have an organization that is 100% pro, then you've got to be the pro. We do that by acting as if that's who we already are. And most of the time when I'm talking to my clients, they just haven't focused on all of those areas in their practice where they already are a pro. And so what I want you to start doing this, I guess I'm gonna start getting into some of the mindset early. So if you're taking notes, which I know a lot of my listeners do, Think about where you are already showing up as a pro. Where are you already doing exactly what you wanna do, showing up exactly how you wanna show up? And think about the thoughts that you're having that is creating those actions. Because remember, our thoughts create our feelings and our feelings generate our actions and our actions create our results. So when you're thinking about the results that you're getting, you're really happy with those, start to trace those back. How do you feel when you are acting towards that result? What are the thoughts that you are thinking that create that emotion in your body? That is how you begin to set up systems for success. Okay, so when I am being the pro in my business, I make decisions ahead of time. I make systems, I I plan ahead. For instance, when I know I want to fill 20 one-on-one coaching spots in my schedule, I place those hours on my schedule ahead of time. Even if they're not filled, I know exactly how they're going to fit into my calendar and there's no guessing game about when I have time. I have decided ahead of time. Does that mean I don't fill those spaces with other things I can create in my coaching practice besides you know, coaching a client? No, I just make other plans for that hour if I don't have anyone to coach during that hour. I set up systems so a potential client can set up a call with me by looking at my calendar and an email is automatically sent with the booking info. Now that's just a super simple example of setting up a system consciously, but this fulfills one of the priorities in my business, which is making it as easy as possible for potential clients to book consults with me. Additionally, if one of my priorities is business development, which it is, I set aside time weekly to work exclusively on that. It may be one hour a week, but it gets done. If you're not doing it, you are thinking about it in an unhealthy way. You have maybe some fears, you have some thoughts, you're thinking something like, this is hard, or I don't know where to start, or I can't do this. You're having a thought that is blocking you from doing that. That's why thought work is so important. If you're not working to design your practice consciously, then ask yourself, are you thinking things like that? Are you thinking that sounds hard? I don't have enough time. I'll do that next week. Those are all thoughts that are influencing your feelings that are negatively impacting your actions and results. When we think those thoughts, things like I don't have enough time or I'll do that next week, these sound like true thoughts. We report them like they are the news. And when we think like this, we generally feel like crap. 
These thoughts generate chemical reactions in our brain like guilt, shame, anxiety, or stress. And if you're new to this podcast, first of all, welcome. Second of all, I'm big on the science of productivity. When we have a thought, it creates a chemical reaction in our brain, and there are chemicals that are then spread throughout our nervous system, and that is a feeling. That chemical reaction is what causes emotions. Remember, this is important to know because our emotions influence our actions, and our actions determine our results. Anytime we have a negative emotion, we're going to create subpar results. If we don't notice these unhelpful thoughts and emotions, we will not change our habits. I want to address a fallacy now that a lot of lawyers believe. A lot of lawyers think that stress is helpful. A lot of lawyers think that we get more done when we're waiting until the 11th hour to complete a project. I used to think this too. I would wait until the last minute to finish up a trial brief or outline my argument for a case. I'd stay up late, wake up early, and then when it was done, I'd start the cycle all over again with the next case. What was actually happening, and what is actually happening when you do this, is that when we get something done under the gun, we're having another thought. We're having a thought like, I can, I can do this, or I'm getting this done. Those kinds of thoughts are generate, gosh, I can't speak today, generating certainty that you will get it done. You're not thinking these thoughts when you're putting things off on your calendar or not calendaring them at all. You're also still working from stressful thoughts like, I can't believe I waited until the last minute to do this. I should have done this yesterday and whatever other blaming thoughts you're having. So your work product isn't going to be as good as if you consciously created it, but it gets done if you want the bare minimum done. Now I have one client who is part of her conscious law practice design wants to eliminate matters in her caseload that are over 90 days old. Some of her unhelpful thoughts are, I shouldn't have cases over 90 days old. That's not professional. I'm not managing my time right. She totally believes that these thoughts are true. But even if they were true, they're not helpful. They're creating guilt and shame, which are unproductive emotions. And she's not completing these projects. She's just continuing to put them off. She hired me because I help her question her thoughts and become more productive while becoming less overwhelmed. That's because, or that means that she gets to design her practice the way she wants to, and she gets to define what it means to be a professional to her. When we don't evaluate, How we are thinking about our business, our behaviors become habits wired into our brains. Then we simply don't bother to reevaluate it. That was actually something that I saw coming up on Saturday with um, one of the uh, lawyers who attended. She said that she just had never thought about some of the things that we were talking about and she never reevaluated how she was approaching them. So just doing a simple act like reevaluating why you do something can create the conscious shifts that you need to change your habits. So this is, I'm going to bring up this story. I have this favorite Thanksgiving ham story. Maybe you've heard of it. So there was a woman who was making her new husband Thanksgiving dinner. And when she made the ham, she cut off the end and she threw it away. And her husband asked her why she threw away a perfectly good piece of ham. She said she didn't know. That's just how her mom always did it. So she thought she'd call up her mom and find out why. Her mom said, you know what? I don't know, but that's how your grandmother always did it. 
And when they talked to grandma, grandma said, you know, I don't know why you guys cut the end off the ham, but I used to cut it off because my roasting pan was too small and it wouldn't fit in it in any other way. So when we stop to question why we are doing things, then we can see there's a better way that's not wasting our time and energy. So here is a good place to start with this work. First off, get super curious about everything you say and do when it comes to your practice. If you are feeling any stress, anxiety, overwhelm, ask yourself why. Chances are it is not the reason that you think. I want you to start asking yourself rather than looking at outside sources, like say an employee or a uh, system that is causing you stress. That is not what's causing you stress. There's a thought that you have about that employee, about that system that is creating the stress that you are feeling. So start asking yourself, what are you thinking? And then you can ask yourself more questions. What systems do you have? What systems would be helpful? What are their job titles? And, and I should preface this. I want you to look at your firm like you have somebody else's eyes on your firm. It's not you. We tend to take our businesses very personally. We get really attached to what our business looks like, and we don't want to make ourselves wrong or bad for doing anything. And you're not wrong or bad for doing any of what you're doing in your practice if it's not working for you. But what I want you to do is look at your your practice like you are an outside person just making observations just checking things off a list just understanding how the business works what kind of systems do you have what would be helpful what are the job titles of the people who work for you is the owner meaning you assigning tasks outside of the job descriptions for those employees how is the calendar run are they making time for what's important to grow the firm, like business development and getting processes squared away? How can they make the firm easier to run? How can they make their associates' lives easier? How can they make their administratives' lives easier? And how can the owner make their life easier too? How can they cut down on repetitive tasks? Where can they delegate? Be curious, not judgmental. When we're judgmental, we're not open to new ideas. When we're curious, it's like looking at a problem with fresh eyes. All right, the second thing that you can do here, and do this with lots of compassion for yourself, just stop saying that you don't have enough time, that you don't know how to manage your time, that you don't know what you're doing or any other habit that you don't want to reinforce. When I say do this with compassion, I mean don't berate yourself if you find yourself saying or thinking these things. All it means is that you're human and that you have some work to do in these areas. It doesn't mean anything about you as a human if you are thinking these thoughts. Every time we think something different, we are reinforcing the programming. Or every time we think something negative like that, we're reinforcing the programming that we don't want. Words matter. How we think matters. And that's why eliminating those phrases that I've gone through throughout this podcast is the direction that you're aiming for. Third, ask yourself what it means to you to be a professional. Stephen Pressfield wrote a couple great books that I suggest you read, and they're super easy reads. I will link to them in the show notes. In Turning Pro, he writes, when we turn pro, we give up a life with which we may have become extremely comfortable. We give up a self that we have come to identify with and call our own. We may have... We may have to give up friends, lovers, even spouses, 
Turning pro is free, but it demands sacrifice. The passage is often accompanied by an interior odyssey whose trials are survived only at great cost, emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually. It hurts, it's messy, and it's scary. What we get when we turn pro is we find our power. We find our will and our voice, and we find our self-respect. We become who we always were, but had until then been afraid to embrace and to live out. I will leave you with that bit of eloquence. And when you are ready to turn pro, I can help guide you. You can learn more about working with me in a strategy session. We'll talk about exactly what you want to create in your legal practice. Most of us haven't taken the time to think through the tough questions that we need to answer when we want to grow our business. And just by showing up to a session, you will gain insights about yourself and how you think about your practice, and you can learn how to work with me. Book a strategy session at dinacataldo.com, and I will help you get started. Talk to you next week. Bye.